People like People like games like games what's going on i'm solo and uh, i'm lilo and this is the best damn gaming podcast in the industry there we but, go but i guess there's no but there's, there's no, no but, but there but okay, now uh, moving forward after okay. said statement if you thought that was a qualification no that was not that was just to deflect to our next subject for lack of a better way to put it anywho before we get into things, we're going to have to hit you with the prologue as usual, and I think yep. we could in the future start streamlining this and just getting into it, but you can find us, hit us up, talk to us, follow us, get info on the show, which will be more active moving forward uh, mm-hmm. on Twitter, at people like games is a handle, hit us up, and get in touch. Then you can also find us on iTunes. Google Play, Anchor, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, so on and so forth. We'll have a few new announcements for places we'll be pretty soon, and so be excited, be excited, but uh, be sure to download the podcast, or not, I guess, subscribe, and leave some love, leave a rating, leave a review. Let us know. And reach out, like, let's get this moving, let's get the movement moving. Anyway, Mm -hmm. now... Lilo's gonna hit you with the talk to let you know what the show's yep. about. Alright, uh, thank you for that introduction, Solo. And right now we're doing the talk, as we call it. It's the table of contents of this show. If you're new or old, I just want to give you a quick rundown of what we're doing. Uh, first up, we're going to have four different segments, okay? First thing is going to be the quick scope, and that is where we give a brief overview of what we think is interesting in the industry, gaming across all fronts, uh, in the past week or so, or whatever we found, and whatever we like, okay? So that is quick scope. Following quick scope, we're going to hit up the rumor mill. Rumor mill is is touching upon those subjects that have not been confirmed yet, but uh, speculative, speculative. They're speculative and they've piqued our interest per se. So we'll give you that rundown. Uh, follow peak, up peak. rumor mill with a game spotlight. The game spotlight is where I will run through a game that I find interesting. It might have come out six months ago, might be coming out in the future, but it is a game that should be on your radar for any fan of games in general, at least in my opinion. And that's what it's all about. And finally, Solo and I will be going through our final lap. And that final lap happens to not. Be happening today because it is being superseded <laughs> okay, by right. a little segment which could technically fall under the guise of a final topic but we're just going to retitle it because that's what i like to do I like we to can. name because we can we like to name but, things obviously as you can tell so everything eventually is going to be part lingo so get mm-hmm. to listening because the lingo is about to get heavy anyway what is it what is it remember when is going to be the closing segment and that is going to be us reminiscing about some games that happened to come out 20 years ago that would be 1998 which is sort of horrifying but (laughs) regardless i'm not even gonna tease any you'll just have to wait to find out because i was a little surprised that all of these games came out at the same time because that's what i said it felt like a lot of them were on a different timeline so to see it right. all was in one year right, right, right. and then to compare it with the type of releases that are coming out now, it's pitiful for today, but crazy for 20 years ago. We'll get into that, though. We'll get into that. There you um, go. Yeah, but, without further ado, why don't you start it up with the quicks. Go. And I guess I'll be starting off with what, to me, was the most interesting story of the week and something that should that is showing, uh, I guess, the solid evidence of integration for blockchain technology, and that would be Microsoft is switching to blockchain tech for publisher royalty calculation. And so, though we've covered it in the past, specifically Lilo's inaugural episode, 
with regards to how blockchain technology works is sort of episode a, eight, episode eight, episode eight, episode eight, eight. eight as a sort of pub, uh, digital ledger system and the way that a Steam like competitor called Robot Cash was going to use that technology to be able to allow users to sell digital uh, games. So you could sell a used copy of a digital game, which is sort of difficult Crazy to do to at the moment. About, and right? uh, it sort of changes the nature of that. But regardless, um, Microsoft, though, uh, is integrating the new technology through its Microsoft Azure program, and it's going to use it to calculate royalties, whereas before, publishers would have to wait for about 45 days until the end of their sales to figure out how much they would be getting in royalties. This will speed it up far quicker. Uh, With the whole cryptocurrency craze that happened a couple of months ago, and which we got, I remember Atari was coming out with a cryptocurrency too. I was like, what the, yeah, at this point, this Dude, shit is meaningless. Two. Two. two separate cryptos. Two, two. <laughs> and it boosted their stock up and then it deflated. It's basically a Ponzi scheme. But regardless, um, it just shows that it, the, the actual blockchain technology and that digital ledger system is going to be something that's going to be invaluable. It's something that's now being adopted into gaming. You're going to start seeing it adopted to the way that skins are handled. You're going to see it adopted to the way that ga- gambling happens in games. Like Everything is going to be blockchain-based in gaming because it's a perfect format to have a digital ledger system with digital downloads and digital uh, purchases of mm-hmm, pieces mm-hmm. of, I guess, software content, etc. But regardless, it's pretty cool. It's going to be something we're going to cover a lot more. It is a technology you'll also be seeing in the publishing industry in about within the next five years. So you heard that here first, even though it has nothing to do with games. It's the future, man. It's the future. Get used to it. You're going to hear blockchain a shit ton. And yeah. it's because it's going to be the standard. You're, and Microsoft has proven it. Eventually, do a little segment for you all explaining blockchain, even though it doesn't have a lot to do with gaming. <laughs> Fuck you, man. I already did gaming. that. What are you talking about? I like already did that shit. a full dedicated segment. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Episode 16, everyone. Go back to episode 16. I gave an overview, my brief overview of what blockchain is, but don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about all it. Right, what so, else you got, Solo? What else you that, got? That, that, that's all. That's all I got for you on the Microsoft end. I think you'll see uh, uh, Nintendo and Sony follow suit. I'm surprised Steam hasn't been at the forefront of that movement, but we'll see. But all right. Um, all right, let's roll into the next topic that we want to cover. You know, it's just kind of funny. Nothing too much to say about it except for the fact that. It's to be expected when someone makes money, other people try to follow suit. What do I mean by that? Well, YouTube has officially launched a tactic or officially launched a program that is very akin to what we see on Twitch nowadays. For those who are not familiar with Twitch, you can currently subscribe to your favorite content creators, which allows you to get access to Bitmojis and certain special things. Guess what? There's a thing called YouTube memberships, and how much does it cost? It costs $5 a month, the same amount that motherfucking Twitch subscriptions cost, where you are able to subscribe per se to your favorite content creator but this subscription gets you access to special badges emojis and member only streams and videos that are dedicated to that content the difference i guess with youtube and what they previously called our their youtube sponsorships is that they're changing well i guess the overview is that in case you didn't know youtube only allows monetization for content if you have a certain amount of subscriptor uh, subscriptions and people uh, subscribing to your channel per se, and they're lowering that limit for this YouTube memberships uh, program. Okay, what are they lowering? It's just it really to? funny. Uh, they lowered it to a hundred thousand dollars. A hundred thousand dollars, not a hundred thousand dollars. Jesus, a hundred thousand subscribers. Sorry. So, a hundred thousand subscribers. Uh, allows you access to uh, offer this YouTube membership. And along with this membership, you get to sell merchandise and shit. And so that was that was part of the deal. Uh, specifically for US-based creators, those with 10,000 or more subscribers are able to sell custom merchandise through their channels if they offer YouTube memberships as well. So think of it as Twitch was on the ball, getting money from people and for their content creators. YouTube's following suit. A little behind, but I think, of course, I think what happened was that Ninja basically took Twitch to where YouTube had been, where you used to have YouTube stars be like, 
everywhere right. and be like, where did you come? Oh, you're from YouTube. But now you have Twitch stars. And I think Ninja was the first to sort of become transcendent in that sense because Without a doubt. You, had, you, you, had, you had Dr. Disrespect who was like the first to be on like the precipice of like, oh, that'll be like... Immense stardom. And <laughs> then Ninja came out of nowhere and it's like, oh, you brought Drake to Twitch. Like you right. are the Twitch, you are the ninja, the face of Twitch and Fortnite simultaneously. Yeah, and so I agree. Uh, that got YouTube feeling threatened because now, if people are going to Twitch for gaming and gaming streaming is the future, well, shit, the future stars are all going to be on Twitch. They're not going to be on YouTube unless you can give them more money. Unless you, can you can give them more money. Or they're going to be in all of them, because that's what Ninja currently does, too. So, but Let's see, because in a similar vein, and by similar vein, I mean similar to YouTube copying, this brings us to... <laughs> I get it. I get it. One of my there. favorite topics, as you all know, and that is legal semantics. And that comes in the form of Bethesda suing Warner Brothers for apparently ripping out the Fallout it's Bethesda, shelter. Bethesda, you, you punk. Bethesda. You punk ass. Bethesda. Bethesda. Oh, I'm going to say Bethesda. Oh, okay, oh, get it out of here. I'm going to say tomato. Uh, you going to say tomato. That, that, that's I hate you right now. Up. It's fucking Bethesda. Look at Everyone Look at in the gaming world over just cringed. Okay, like, is it Ubisoft? Or, was it Ubisoft or Ubisoft? Ubisoft. I okay, think there it's you Ubisoft. Go. So if someone said Ubisoft, you go going to Dude, what was... Oh my god, our unofficial product in We'll get there. We'll get there. It's Bethesda, hit us up. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to do it from now on forever I'm so on purpose. Upset. I'm so upset. Bethesda. Okay. They played that game, um, Older Scrolls, that everyone loves. Yeah, right. But no one's ever heard of Older Scrolls. Uh, older Scrolls, yeah. But they, made, they announced the eighth <laughs> one. That's crazy. But yeah, yeah, regardless, yeah. Um, they're suing Fallout Shelter. Uh, they're suing Warner Brothers because they're apparently claiming that they use the where they copied fallout shelter with the westworld mobile game and mm -hmm. the basis is that they use the same developers but their claim is that they use the exact same source code because they sort of design aesthetic and gameplay functions have right. a similarity but at the same time you can also claim that well i guess they they could they just counter they just released a statement saying it was ridiculous but i think it's a I think it's a ridiculous suit. Like Dude, it had the same bug, the same exact bug that came out with Fallout Shelter. That's hilarious. Yeah, but you, you know, know they reused the code. You, they you definitely know you, reused it. Yeah, every fucking company reuses code. That's not shocking. So like the basic layout map of the game, there's no doubt in my mind they took the skeleton off of the the Fallout, Fallout game Shelter. and and right. put it onto Westworld, and then they designed within the skeleton to change it up enough, but. It's like a artist having a, a particular style. Like I don't think it, it's the game's different enough that you can't claim it's taking it, away your. Is it like Fortnite soon PUBG? Oh my god! Which actually we were going to update with because it actually happened today. But PUBG uh, and Bluehole actually dropped the lawsuit against Epic Games and Fortnite. Wait! Oh, did they really? Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. I don't know that. Uh, Okay, cool. It made sense. It, it, it becomes a question of what's derivative and what's outright copying, you know, because then right. you say, oh, we've created the Battle Royale genre, and someone's like, dog, H1Z1's like right over there if we were really going to get into it like <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. you know? And so. Same idea. I'm it, sure this shit. Oh, God. Same idea. This shit, uh, it, it seems silly. Apparently, uh, Bethesda has a history <laughs> of uh, suing uh, uh, companies for sort of insignificant things, which we might get into one day, but regardless, uh, we're probably going to follow up with that story in a couple of weeks, and said follow-up will more likely than not be that they either lost the suit or dropped the suit. But what can yep. you do? We shall toot, or well, I shall be sure to toot my own horn and replay this little segment when it happened. Toot, 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 toot. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. I hear you. 
<sighs> uh, enough with the legalese. Enough with that type of news. Let's roll on to uh, some big news and some news I'm very proud of. And also got a crazy sense of deja vu, which Views. is weird because it seems like we've been doing this a whole bunch. Because we have been, and this show is Views. fucking amazing. But uh, this is important to those who are fans of the MOBA genre. MOBAs being massive online battle arenas. Those include Dota 2 and League of Legends are the two biggest ones that you'd really know about. And then uh, Heroes of the Storm for Blizzard and stuff like that. Anyway, I digress. The important news is that the first official game to reach 1 billion viewers on Twitch was... League of Legends, and I was definitely part of that crew that helped make that happen. Um, the League of Legends has officially become the first just game in general to have a total sum of 1 billion views. And uh, it's awesome because, you know, League of Legends is definitely popular world round and it's a testament to their staying ability. A lot of people were questioning the MOBA genre and whether or not League of Legends would have the longevity to stay around and really have an impact on esports, you know, because people, you know, there's gamers fatigue. That's what happens. But this sort of combats that opinion because they're the first ones that everyone's been watching. And right now on Twitch, you can check out the NA and European region matches as well as some matches from Korea but most of the time it's just the North American and uh, European stuff going on still uh, Twitch is the place to go to if you want to find your MOBA stuff and I'm happy that it was a MOBA I, it's, it's crazy it was a MOBA that uh, made it to 1 billion views you think of like 600,000 mm-hmm. it does that- surprise me because a game that required it, it, it reminds me of sort of like chess right is chess have replayability no matter you know you do that's true it does but the strategy each time is different which is why i think games like mobile i'm surprised rts aren't as big for viewerships Mm -hmm. if i'll if i'll be honest i just don't think there's any big rts's out at the moment that are like current and new etc and i think there was a player rts yeah i think it could be a market for that so developers dude dude someone check us out we'll give you some opinions we'll We'll give give you you some facts we'll uh, be quote unquote Consultants? Esports consultants. <laughs> Solid. <laughs> Solid. Solid. No, I would never put that phrase in. I would put in consigliere, connoisseur, <laughs> connoisseur of gaming-related news. Thanks. Trends. Thanks. Yeah, just thanks. thanks. Uh, I'm down with thanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's go, thanks. But right. yeah, um, so it makes sense. Hey, there's a lot of rewatchability because there's always going to be a sort of different outcome. The same way I sort of think of Counter-Strike, that there, there's basic pieces that are then used in a way to make it uh, in, encapsulating but or, or to make it enthralling to a viewer. But when it comes to something like Overwatch, that's where I, I feel like there's a limitation for viewership where if you have these individual players and all of these individual players have these specific attributes and they're reusing them, the strategies are not really necessarily going to vary to that large of a degree because there's specific boxes that they're already in and those boxes then necessarily create automatic sort of or limits the amount of potential strategies that you could really go in with. I get where you're coming from. I think you can say the same for MOBAs. You can say the same with every game, but I feel like Overwatch because it has dedicated characters... Uh, they no, do quit few. hating on my game Overwatch, bro. Get yeah. get out of here. Okay, get out of here. Overwatch is overwashed. We'll get to but Overwatch later. Now we'll get to on Overwatch to later. a game that's actually not Overwatch and is actually ridiculously popular, and which comes to comes as no surprise because when it was announced and had not come out yet, we had talked about it and. I stand by my description of it, which is like a Dragon Ball Z-infused Marvel vs. Capcom 2 on Acid Fever Dream because of how colorful it is. What and the fuck are you talking about? Talking what, about Dragon Ball Fighter Z, baby. <laughs> okay. The fighting like, game Jesus that Christ. blew away. I had to explain it before we even got into it, but <laughs> the fact that it was like that, it's only getting bigger, and it obviously makes sense because look at how I described it like how is something like that going to fail 
regardless. <laughs> acid fevers, man. Acid, they never acid go wrong. fever dream of Dragon Ball Z combined with Marvel vs. Capcom 2. Put me down for, yes, times a million. <laughs> Anyone who described that to me, I'd be like, I'm in. Here's my money. Go okay. make it. Obviously, a person would be describing that be like, you've got to be questionable if you're pitching that. But regardless, um, they have uh, released details for the Dragon Ball Fighter Z World Tour, and they also announced they have an exclusive broadcast partnership deal with Twitch, obviously, because where else would you watch your gaming? Facebook. Anywho, it is going to have eight events that are distributed throughout 2018 and 2019, and has a massive, massive prize pool of $60,000. And each event is $5,000 because apparently Bandai Namco, which is in the profits of billions, could not spare a hundred grand for the event because why pay people for what is likely <laughs> going to be a lot of their time? But what can right. you do? Anyhow, Ben uh, uh, <laughs> Namco looking at that NCAA model, like, hmm, how can we use is, this? Or isn't it so sad that like we hear that sixty thousand dollars number and like that's a fuck ton of money, right? Well, Objectively, no, because for one person. Each, each tournament is five thousand, and so okay. the tour. So they, this is it. Actually, has a very interesting setup. So the tournament is obviously themed around the seven Dragon Balls so there's going to be seven tournaments that are going to be based throughout the world known as Saga Events and the winner of each of the events will receive one of the seven Dragon Balls and get an automatic qualification for the finals event in January 2019 which is pretty cool and then after before the finals Bandai is going to do a last chance qualifier that will uh, choose or the winner of that tournament ends up getting the final spot in the eight-person bracket, obviously. Right, yeah, but yeah, yeah. it's basically the exact same as the Capcom Pro Tour, which we had covered, and that had actually gone to, I, th- I think it was Facebook, that ended up getting the Capcom Pro Tour, and that was one of the exclusive deals that they signed. It was not Twitch, which is why it stands out. But it's different in that, and I love this one, this little spin to it which even though it won't happen if one player wins all seven saga events and claims the seven dragon balls the player automatically moves on to the grand finals of the world finals event and then play a first to ten set against a winner of the last chance qualifier for the championship circumventing the entire world finals tournament there's no fucking way (laughs) no someone's gonna travel someone's gonna travel but he won't win but it's dope she won't win whoever it is it's such a funny funny, like it's such a funny (laughs) Seven Dragon Balls. Wish come true, baby. He should Wish just fucking win the thing. He if he won seven win. tournaments. Seriously. I, I didn't even think about it. I, I no like, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Fucking great. If, if you go to seven tournaments, he gets his wish, motherfucker. And his wish is to get all that money. That's stupid. His wish would be to get him money back for flying all those fucking places. That's true. Because, right? You pay for as my I travel. said, you get 5K for winning each individual tournament. And then if you win the main event, that's 25K. Dude, that one person uses their first tournament win to fly them to the second one, which then he uses to fly to the third one. And I keep saying he, I'm sorry, but like it's probably gonna be some dude who's like nasty in the game. It's gonna be someone. At the Uh, same time, 5k after taxes is not 5k. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. Demands more money. 2,500, and he's gonna spend like. $400 $400 and whatever the hell tournaments are, whatever. Uh, we digress, we digress. We digress, we digress. But pay the people. Pay the people because you know you're getting the fucking viewership and ad money. That's right? what I'm and saying. Fortnite is paying 100 mil is all I'm trying to say. So that's 600 or 60 grand is paltry in comparison, for sure. Seriously. Have some I, self-respect. Speaking of other companies that need self-respect... Uh, this this company actually has a whole bunch of respect, and yeah. I respect them more. But I, I appreciate the moves that they're doing. Uh, we're doing a follow up right here, and it's going to be about Nintendo and your favorite cardboard cutouts, aka the Labo. So apparently, Nintendo has turned to Mario Kart to try to improve the sales of its Labo product. In case you're wondering, or I didn't remember, Solo and I we had the whole big coverage of like Nintendo Labo, its repercussions, and what we we're going to do, um, and 
long story short, it didn't sell as well as we thought it would, and it didn't sell as well as Nintendo. It's, it sell exactly would. what we thought it would when they were selling a cardboard box to people that Get didn't out of here. have the cardboard box is incredibly, incredibly but exciting. What they and, did not do was market it the right way, but that's neither here okay. nor there. What they're trying to do now is market it with the games that they have out, and they're releasing some new cardboard accessories that can be used for Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. You're able to create a motorbike, which then can be used to control the game, of course, that makes sense. Um, in addition, Mario Kart, in addition to the Mario Kart tie-up, Nintendo is also trying to start up the Nintendo-level creators contest in Europe, which is looking for people to like we covered before looking for people to make their own stuff and whoever is the most creative with the Nintendo Labo stuff essentially is going to win the competition so submissions begin next month and the contest closes in September the goal of this whole thing is that Nintendo is trying to meet a 100 million sales mark for their consoles okay what is 100 million why does that number matter well it's the number of units that the Wii sold in their entire lifetime so Nintendo is trying to utilize the Labo to get a different demographic, the younger kids, the kids that are hopefully going to be working with their parents to uh, boost those numbers up. For reference, they've sold 17.8 million units as of April, and that's just one year. So that's fucking crazy to me. They have 20 million, and you think this console probably has a lifetime of, let's go with like six to eight years. I think they can get close to that 100 million number. I really do, especially if they keep releasing content. So Um, If they keep releasing content, I think... As we covered on the show, that the Nintendo at stock had dropped prior to E3, and I'd never followed up on that. And it made sense because it was the stock fell again after E3 because it was exactly what we said it was, which was. Dude, that was the worst E3, though, for them. It was fucking awful. They didn't, it was a fucking video, man. It was bullshit. Yeah, exactly. They didn't show gameplay, they didn't do anything. And on top of it, the fact is they are only releasing a game that is going to have a built-in market already. You don't have... Right. My, I, I, I would literally say, I know, my, like myself, who went and got a PS4 to be able to go play God of War, to say, hey, which, review coming, review coming, 2020, 2020. <laughs> but yep. the fact that I would actually go out of my way and get a console, the Switch had those that with the Breath of Wild and right, the initial Mario release. Odyssey, but now, now it's stalling, the follow-up is going to be bit. whoever has a Switch, Why? And no one else is going to go buy a Switch to be like, oh, I need Smash tomorrow. Like Some that, people will, not a lot, though. You're going to get a larger market it. that you would have already had that just solidifies the market you already had. It's like the same problem that Apple faces sometimes, which is... When you have your entire I'm market, new iPhone users. <laughs> yeah. you, you, what do you do? You either do miniature upgrades or you start selling hardware, which is what they started doing. The mm-hmm. dongle, the dongle is to fuck you out of your money because they need an extra source of income. Yep, yep, yep. I got Apple, you. sponsor us. Ha ha. ha. <laughs> but anyway, speaking of uh, or staying on the topic of Nintendo. The Switch has actually been facing a a little bit of its own hacking issues, and that's because earlier this year, uh, a hacking group known as Team Executor, or Executor, I guess it would be the Executor is the the right way to pronounce that, um, Mm -hmm. found a way to basically create a homebrew uh, code, which is basically a a, a written code, a home written code, I guess, an independently written code that allows you to break into software. And this group was able to figure out a way to exploit a flaw within the Nintendo Switch software that no firmware, firmware being, um, I guess, what's the, what's the way to, what's a good way to describe firmware? Firmware uh, is technically in between hardware and software. It's a mixture of both. It's a, so. to, to upgrade the security capabilities or if there's an issue to be able to patch it would be the proper way to put it. And so uh, apparently they claimed that there was no way that any software or firmware upgrade would be able to change or to patch this issue. And because it was with the hardware, by the way. It was with the hardware, not was, software. Oh, with the hardware. It's an me. issue with the hardware. Yeah. And with that fundamental flaw being in the hardware that allows 
basically people to play pirated games as much as they want. But the actual interesting part of the story is the uh, security method that Nintendo implemented, and that's what I thought was pretty much working, worth talking about. And this was due to a Reddit user who posted a, uh, I guess, posted a, a, a thread titled How Application Authorization Works on the Nintendo Switch and basically talks about, I guess to put simplify it a bit and put it into layman's terms, that for your game to be able to connect online, say you're playing Mario Tennis Aces like Lilo was, first it runs an authentication where you give a coin from your system into an authentication network. That's like Nintendo. It goes into the slot, it reads it, it says, oh yes, that's Lilo's Nintendo Switch. Then another token goes that says, okay, you've now connected to the internet and we know this is your console. This token is for Mario Tennis Aces and it connects with, oh, okay, you're playing that game and it connects your console. So you're basically giving a digital token, blockchain, mm-hmm. blockchain, to be able to play this game, which blockchain blockchain digital rental gaming system it's not there yet. you can't say it i get it i get it but regardless um that would basically allow you to connect online so if your uh nintendo switch by chance is using a pirated game the authentication method is basically foolproof so it'll automatically catch that you're trying to do it and then ban you because it knows that one the system or console is not authenticated and the purchasing not authenticated because the purchase is necessarily i guess tied to your nintendo account it's tied to your account yeah Yeah, it's tied to your login credentials as well so to not have that and to be able to play, um, you'll get banned from online play. It does allow offline play, which means that technically you could still play, you know, any Whatever single the fuck player. You, you want. play any game you want that's single player, and I guess there are a lot of games that are single player for the Switch, which... Especially if you can emulate so some not, shit. It's not terrible, but, you know, the more fun part of the consoles that allow you to go online with friends, you wouldn't be able to do, so... Um, bully for Nintendo for having a partial method for stopping hackers, but unfortunately, you only got halfway there because it looks like there'll never be a way for uh, companies to create a hack-proof console. Yeah, in any someone form. will find a way. Someone will find a way. That's just a fact. Doesn't matter who. But that was pretty cool. Thought that was worth talking about, and. Uh, we're going to get a bit more techy up in this piece, so let us know if you need more elaboration on terms or something of that nature, or we could uh, cruise through. We don't know exactly. Uh, we don't know the nerd status of our listeners, so. Oh, also, what a funny point is that studies have shown that people like to correct wrong answers. So if you think we're wrong, honestly, feel free to reach out and let us know. That'd be funny too. At people like games, bitter recriminations, At all. P L G. And uh, check out our subreddit, too. So, they'll be there. All right. Let's move on to some quicker-hitting articles that uh, we both found actually pretty interesting. We've talked about before, uh, the company Niantic has created the Sensation Pokemon Go. It was released in 2016. And what's interesting about this year and this month specifically is that in May of this year, it it reached its most players since the summer of 2016. Right? So... Pokemon Go definitely started out super hot. It was the most valuable game of the time back in two years ago during that summer. I think everyone had it on their phone or downloaded it. 12 million or some a ridiculous number of people downloaded it in like one single day, which is insane. But according to Superdata, Pokemon Go earned 104 million in May, which is up 174% from the same period last year, which is an incredibly high amount. Um, this is funny and important because it sort of ties into our next coverage, next article. Well, I don't even know what I'm saying. Where uh, statistics are showing that the the favorite game of the gaming world right now is actually potentially slowing down, slowing growth. Fortnite has shown its slowest growth, which coincides with Niantic's rise in player users. Um, since the beginning, and it's, it's just funny. a coincidence. So the f- there's no co- there's no correlation. No direct correlation, but it is kind of funny. I don't know. Superdata it has released well. the worldwide digital game spending report for May, which is where we got those 
that information for Niantic. And Epic Games Survival Shooter broke 300 million in monthly revenue for the first time since, uh, well, for the first time ever. And the only thing about this is, although 300 million is insane, an insane amount of money, it is up only single digit percentage wise uh, from month over month in April. Um, so it only went up 7% from April, whereas before it went up 33% month over month in April and then 72% month over month in March. Um, the antic, of course, like we just said, has gone up 174% year over year, which is nowhere close to touching Fortnite right now. But, uh, I don't know. There's causation, correlation, whatever the case may be. Pokemon Go is seeing a rise, especially since the summer's out because it's warmer across the nation and the world, usually in the northern hemisphere. People are more likely to go outside and explore their surroundings. Makes sense why that could be a hypothesis is the reason why. Like, It's uh, also kids with less time, with more time. Kids with, so out of also, school. Kids out of school yeah. is like what I was thinking, but should mean the summer seasons and adults doing that stuff. People playing, so, yeah. but... Yeah. What can you do? So. Uh, it's something we've theorized on on the show, which is at what point would we see peak Fortnite? Because it's nothing against it. It is just the way of the world. And so mm-hmm. uh, it, it, it looks like it, it. at least the exponential growth has slowed down. And it's sort of like everyone who would be playing Fortnite is playing Fortnite. And the amount that they are playing or watching is now going down. The addiction yeah. level is now wave in its initial steps or stages of wavering. Right, it's not even close to like dropping off completely. No, no, no. no. It's not like H one Z one levels, but three hundred million but, is no fucking number to scoff at in one month. However, that's mainly driven here by consoles. Nothing to scoff at, but they they they've set such wide and and this is this is being a victim of your success that they and this has happened to PUBG as well, which is you know PUBG's active peak player rates down almost fifty percent. That number say, oh my god, fifty percent, but that active user base is still pretty ridiculous. It's still one point two million people active on any given day. Exactly. And so, you know, the relative terms of what what normal is going to look like, what failure looks like to them it's a little different. So the norm shifts when you break records. Yeah. The norm shifts when you're fucking Fortnite. That's for goddamn sure. And so uh, people will be on them pretty harshly uh, for that. And so we'll see. We shall see. We shall see. We're going to monitor said situation. But now, uh, just moving on to the final uh, article here of Quickscope, and that is sort of unrelated, (laughs) but related to gaming, and that is that the Supreme Court has ruled that the states can now collect taxes from uh, digital operators. So that means sales tax is going to now be applied to digital purchases um, in some states, maybe not in other states, but now uh, for the movement of games to all digital purchasing. Sucks for you because your boy is paying physical, so I was paying that sales tax anyway, so Welcome to the club. <laughs> so yeah. now I actually get something for it instead of a voucher from the... Actually, no, I'm just saying all this, but simultaneously, I need to authenticate online to be able to play anyway, so it's not like I'm free of shit. Right. We're in the same boats with different piles of shit dancing. But guess what? You're gonna, your games might get a tiny bit more expensive, especially on Steam, yeah. something like that. That's, so, that's unless they eat the cost, it, so. which I doubt it. Prepare, prepare for a few extra dollars here and there to start hitting that uh, final bill when it comes to purchasing games. That'll be about it. And I think that is uh, pretty important for people who are digital purchasing. I am curious if that is going to relate to in-game purchases, to be specific, which we shall it monitor. It 100% will. And it 100% or, will. or they're going to tax accumulatively or based on per-purchase. Whatever the case is, it's about to get wild. And it's about to get weird. gaming companies are about to become very, very vocal lobbyists in Washington, D.C., because if you think about the potential, like, whenever a credit card swipe, you're paying a, a percentage tax on all tax transactions. That's why a couple of places that you go to are, like, $10 minimum, because it's not worth it, in their opinion, to have to pay the credit you have card to pay charge. the credit card company. Yeah, yeah whatever you have to deal with. So, yeah. uh, 
the fact is that if they have to do a say per transaction, so imagine Fortnite's transactions, every single one being taxed, that's going to be a massive tax bill coming to you Dude, at Amazon the end of the app year. Store, every app is $1 and that shit like that. Like, it's going to be crazy. So, yeah. It's going to be um, $1.10. Actually, 110. pretty momentous. Initially, I thought like, oh, hey, this could be pretty, you know, but now that we're multiplying it, so this, this actually, this may end up it becoming has large a, rippling effects for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Disney just made episode title moves. Mm. Mm. <laughs> but as we talk, it could change again. We don't know. Change. See, now you guys, now you know the process that we hit on ideas that we didn't even think about before the show. So, mm-hmm. it's not on the fly. You gotta flush it out, man. It's you not flush on the fly. It out. It's cool. just that fly. But that's all we got. That's quick scope. And quick scope. Now we're going to move on to a little segment that we like to call Rumor Mill. And that's because, as we will mention at the top of the hour, that, you know, we like to just sort of see what's out there. You know, rumors, mumblings, bumblings, and see what sticks, what sounds realistic. And so, without further ado, start us off. Let's get into it. Yep. Uh, as D- Adele would say, rumor has it that Weak. there's potential moves. Hey, yeah, that's good. I didn't do if it in the voice. It would have be, been better. There's going to it be examples. Be there's going to be rap examples. Get out of here. Adele's, she's a rapper in my heart. Okay. okay she raps yeah. for my heart. It's cool. Anyway, uh, first rumor that we got for the, the day is that there are rumiations of Microsoft and Razer combining together to come out with a mouse and keyboard for your Xbox. Uh Leaked documents have gone over to Windows Central, this website that uh, we found this article at, um, for this particular topic. And it's just interesting that leaked documents show what Microsoft is looking for from Razer and from other developers in terms of capabilities and just styles and things of that nature. So... Honestly, nothing's confirmed because these are, of course, quote-unquote, leaked documents, but the the documents themselves and the information they contain really show a push for Xbox, and essentially, Xbox is thinking into, hey, if you do have a mouse and keyboard on Xbox, be sure, developers, to not have multiplayer link both players because there is a skill distinctive advantage for mouse and keyboard players over controller players why no aim assist but you can aim better and react faster it's just shit like that it's cool it's a rumor hopefully we see this confirmed in the future and i would be one of the first people to buy it for sure absolutely help me in shooters i think it'd be fun but then it'd also be like why not just play on the computer oh no so that's all i got yeah i'm just how you feel yeah, um uh i think it's it, gonna change the meta man change the meta I'm not surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if Microsoft partners with a with Razer. I mean, they sell Razer products. I think Razer. I think Microsoft owns Razer, to be frankly honest, because they have their products in the Microsoft Store. I'm gonna look that up, but no, it wouldn't surprise me. I think it would be sort of silly because exactly what you're saying. But they're already they already do crossplay, so like it's gonna become moot. It's sort of un, it's gonna be implicitly understood that there's a a chance that if you're playing on console, you're gonna get worked by a PC dude or right, girl, right, right, or Person. Person. I don't give a fuck. Or person. That's better. I'm going to go generic for all this shit. So mm-hmm. as not to offend. But regardless, I think it'll be... It'll happen because I think it'll expand the number of players that are going to be there. But speaking of right. it, trying to expand the number of players and a strategy that's sort of alternative to... Uh, acquiescing to what the users want that is uh, Sony offering quote unquote hope on PS4 crossplay. <laughs> sure. Bullshit. 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 Um, whenever someone offers a statement that says we're hearing it we're looking at a lot of the possibilities that's you don't the, give a shit they don't give a shit <laughs> you can give a shit uh, we're looking at the possibilities of do we we've lost in what folder the shit you thought we gave was so let's let's mm-hmm. let's take a couple of months looking for it and then a couple of months you'll get another statement being like come on son <laughs> come on son and so right that makes sense to me because for and this is with regards to you know sort of acquiescing to to furor over stuff i don't think you know that nintendo and microsoft ended up combining forces to sort of clown on sony for not allowing crossplay. 
but it's like we said that Sony is so far ahead that it has the power. It doesn't gain anything from allowing its competitors to catch up by allowing its games to be, even if it's cross-platform, like, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Like, the PS4 has its its market, and its market's not, let's go play multiplayer FPS shooters together. It's like FIFA and single-player games and NBA. And sick Japanese single-player games and yeah. sick American single-player exactly. games. But it's, just, it's just, not... There's European so, single player games, all that shit. They gain or they they lose nothing, in my opinion, by not getting on board with uh, Nintendo and Microsoft. They have a, just yeah. a huge advantage in the short term, and if Nintendo sort of jumped that gap for like a year with the Switch, but I even think the Switch has slowed down, and so mm-hmm. who's the only one steaming and chugging along like them? The Switch is gonna get banging when when Smash Brothers comes out. Don't get me wrong, like that's not this is not oh Nintendo Switch no like Nintendo Switch will get back up, but in the lull, like PS4 is the best selling console of May again. God of War is the best selling game of the month. So and it's gonna happen for June again when the month's over, and we'll quote it. For, <laughs> we'll bring it back to you guys like to first week of J- uh, July. We'll have the story that hey God of War and that. Mm-hmm. But anyway. I think uh, I think that's all we got here for for the for the rumor mill. You got anything else in what? the bag? What else you got? Go get out what of else here. you got I in got the bag? One last thing, and this is potential rated spoilers. Okay, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. If you're not willing to hear the news hit the or rather the rumor, forward button. Yeah, exactly. And then hit it again. Uh, then we will be done talking. You can hear me again. Hey. Rumors hey. about. Spider-Man. So, in a Spider-Man interview with Chris Jai Alex, the guy who voices Rhino, he lets slip that there is a potential character boss fight. The interview has since been removed, but in case you're wondering who it is, spoiler, this is where I'm going to say it, uh, Dr. Octopus is probably going to be in the Amazing Spider-Man game. Not confirmed, nor denied. We don't know if it's true. It's probably fucking true. We'd go with 99% true. But until they confirm it, it is a spoiler and uh, it's rumor. Rather, it's a rumor. It's unsubstantiated. And that's it. That's all I got. That is the end of rumor mail. That is uh, all I got. So then now I think it is time for the chorus to come in. And it is Game Spotlight. Yeah, it's the Game Spotlight, baby. And this one is brought to you by our editor-in-chief, Solo. Now, Solo uh, was kind enough to find this game for me because, again, he knows I am the biggest gamer at heart and I love, uh, yeah, I essentially just just love playing all things. So after looking at this game, checking it out, I realized that I should probably invest my time and money into this, and you should too. Why? because this is important and this is important to support your fellow gamers and this is important to support people long story short let's get into the game acid spy is the name of the game it is a first person shooter that looks ridiculous and i think the biggest thing that i'm realizing about all these games that we're covering is that they're all visually stunning they're they're crazy they have awesome art styles and if you're a fan of let's go with like 1980s laser tag type shit then you'll be a, f- a fan of this game. It looks Tron-esque. It looks um, James Bond-esque. The original Goldeneye, the, the same way, like uh, everything's blocky and rolling around. But it's cool because it's also giving me the same cel-shaded vibes as uh, Super Hot. And Super Hot we covered before, but it's the, the slow-motion action RPG game. Uh, first-person shooter, really, RPG game that you run around and you do some cool moves. But anyway... <laughs> Acid Spy is a game where the goal of you completing each level is to kill all the people without being seen. And there are, you know, you can use parkour, you can knife people in the back, or you can shoot them in the face. But it's sort of an action-style first-person shooter. And the trailer that they released is pretty crazy. This is a game that sort of tried to garner hype for E3 and a little bit before E3 because that's when they launched. They launched June 8th, but I think they got drowned out in the noise. So it was cool of uh, Solo to to pick this out. To pick this out between the, really, the noise. Find this in between the noise. And um, long story short, yeah, I think I gave you the whole premise. The goal is to be an action superhero just like James Bond, shoot people in the face, kill everybody without being seen, and you have awesome mechanics while doing it. 
you're zipping around knifing guards you're jumping around you have to avoid lasers you have to do a whole bunch of timing based tasks and if you want to know more info roll over to youtube check out asset spy and yeah just google that joint solo you got anything else um i yes oh it's 14 bucks it's It's 14 bucks on steam by the way so i think it looks really cool i like the sorts of unique uh aesthetic concepts uh i you know a lot of a lot of games end up being similar and so it's worth playing um it looked awesome and uh, well, I, I give it an A plus. I've been so I've been so dead into God of War. I'm not gonna lie that I haven't even pulled my head off. I, just, <laughs> I really think about other games. Even at the moment, I'm just like, man, I wonder what I, I wonder what I'm gonna get into. I wonder how far I'm gonna get to at the end of this this part of the uh, game. But what can no, you 2020 do? review. Don't worry, we'll, we'll check it 2020, out. 2020, In the meantime, 2020. Well, as you're waiting for a uh, PlayStation that will never get sent for, to you. Um, Check out Austin Spy. <laughs> yeah, seriously. If you're like me and you're waiting on a PS4 that may or may not ever come, check out Austin Spy. So it'll be cool. Don't worry. Right. It'll get there. It'll get there. All you have to do is rub your hands together and have faith. There, There is subtext there, listeners, in case you're wondering. But there don't worry is. about it. There All is. Right. So now, subtext, now subtext. we've finished our game spotlight, let's go on to... Remember when? There you go. Remember when? You guys thought this was going to be the final app, <laughs> but no, really. Uh, remember when? As we touch on the top of the hour, which I guess I'm gonna I'm gonna use more often whenever we get into the middle of this or intro of a segment. But <laughs> top um, of the hour, top of Everything's the hour, fucking top. Every every top, every top top, top top top. Mm-hmm. But uh, the fact that a couple of games were released 20 years ago that were actually quite monumental in the gaming scene and to our Dude, personal quite, gaming histories oh and mm-hmm. without further ado let's Dude, uh, let's talk about some of these and so i'm going to start with one so we're going to trade off ones and what they mean so obviously i'm going to go with the obvious first one pokemon red versus blue came out in 1998 that's pretty crazy. I have a vivid memory, because I, I was talking to my brother about this, of playing that on the original Game Boy, not Game Boy Color, not Game Boy, the white one with the yellow screen, the red button, and right. playing it, because in, in our elementary school, we had those desks that, like, you had, the ther- you had the thing on top, but then you had, like, the the, the little storage the container underneath. under it. Right. And so, like, I had my hands in there, and I was playing Pokemon, and my teacher walked by and she saw it and she ended up calling my mom. My mom got so mad at me. And I was Are like, you serious? Yeah, dead serious. I was trying to play Pokemon during school. And so I'm like, yo, that is like whatever I think about that. But then it makes sense because that was a whole bunch of fucking years ago. Like, That's, it, that's actually fucking ridiculous. Yeah. But. Holy classic, shit! Yeah. Classic Game Boys, man. That was only twenty. That was only twenty years ago. Look at the rate of technology we're on now. Now we're on three D things. Three D. Think about it, like three D VR even the best and AR. Thing, but exactly. Pokemon. Right? Just, Pokemon just, went from a yellow screen Game Boy to fucking augmented reality in twenty years. What's the next twenty going to behold? Who knows? As wild. It's gonna be wild, holograms wild. and probably shit like nothing, that. Probably nothing, because we dumbed ourselves down so much in the twenty years of getting there. But dude, do you remember when you had to connect with other people via a cable to trade oh, and shit like that? Oh yeah, Red and, and Blue? battle, man. You had yeah, to... you could battle for the first time, and that was crazy. And you I had to trade because all those accessories. Oh. Red vs. Blue had different Pokemon, and you couldn't get all. Right. And to get Pokemon you like Alakazam, you had to have a trustable friend you could trade to who would trade it back. Like, right. That was wild, That's man. Shit. Wild. Oh, all right, man. now come on, g- give us one. So, and and uh, just please, uh, listeners, remember the fact that all of these came out in one year. This is probably like one of the most monumental years of all time, but continue. Okay, uh, so on this list, I think I'd have to go with StarCraft. Uh, for fans of the real-time strategy industry, and like I think I covered this on my solo special, like StarCraft, I don't even know why. Like My brothers 
so Solo talks a lot about his brothers, and his brother is closer in age than my brothers are. And I was like super young at the time, but my brother was about 12, 13, 14, which is right around the age that you start getting into like critical thinking games, you'd say, right? Chess and shit like that. He was playing StarCraft on our computer with his best friend, and I remember I wanted to be just like him. So I started playing that shit, even though I had no idea what the fuck was going on. And I started playing because StarCraft was the first game that allowed content to be made from the players like you could do content creators and they can make their own maps and own game modes and own the rules and stuff like that and that's where i started playing like enfos and that's what got me into literally the first moba dota and like granted dota didn't come out on starcraft it came out on warcraft 3 technically but starcraft started it all so that when warcraft 3 came out i hopped over to that and started playing that real-time strategy and then going back and forth and just sitting in my basement right i got this corner this purple not this purple sorry this orange shelf with like a whole bunch of CDs and just one screen and a tiny click ass gray ass mouse and this computer that took about four minutes to boot up. We had to plug in the fucking phone line to the back of the modem that connected to the computer. And every time it booted, you could hear that, you know, you know what I'm talking about? Every time you're dialing in uh, to the modem and like every, yeah, just playing that game meant that my parents could not get phone calls and shit like that. So random so nostalgic and i think i was the first one of my friends to play a real-time strategy then from there it just grew that was like literally that or the playstation the original playstation was my first touch of video games and i got hooked ever since man hooked yeah. ever since rts rts didn't need a comeback for real i think we that's what we touched on i think that that's gonna be part of uh our show titles rts comeback time but uh that also includes a little game uh, called, you know, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull two out. Actually, no, I'm going to do one. Ocarina of Time came out the same year as Pokemon and fucking StarCraft. Yeah. So. Yeah. And you already know, I don't need to get into Ocarina of Time. Y'all know it. I'm actually not, like, that's not my childhood game. I think I'd be a bit uh, uh, disingenuous to claim it. I think what's more interesting to me is Crash Bandicoot 3. So by the time those series were coming out, Crash Bandicoot 3 was coming out. And so... Dude, I remember playing that on PlayStation 2. That shit is awesome. Try to get all the masks and getting superpowers and running through all the levels. Yeah, but think think about how advanced advanced that is in comparison. Like, the third game's pretty smooth in Crash Bandicoot Mm -hmm. in comparison to the other one. So at the same time, they're coming out with something as... You know, blocky as I guess not Ocarina. I, I don't know. I just think it, it, it not even to put down someone else in comparison. Man. It's just even just in its better. I guess Naughty Dog, man. You can't go wrong with Naughty Dog. Like they put out miraculous shit, and so it only makes I'm sense. I'm confused. What's the what's the correlation? I, I'm I, you lost me. What are you talking about? For um, for Crash. Crash Bandicoot was Naughty Dog back in the day. Yeah. Well, yeah. I know Crash came out on PlayStation, yeah, it came out and not, PlayStation was ahead of N64. N64 had Ocarina of Time, so I can understand you, how you Ocarina of Time. You literally almost made me. You almost made me question myself. But yeah, um, <laughs> Saturday no, Crash, Crash Bandicoot. Okay. And so, and that's what I was gonna say to be like, oh wait, that does make sense. That like, if you saw The Last of Us two, people were pretty. You know, the trailer that's coming out. Uh, if you mm-hmm. listeners aren't familiar, Last of Us is critically acclaimed and fanly fan adored masterpiece but the the graphics for the sequel that they Last showed part two pretty incredible people said i mean it was probably the second best one if not better than cyberpunk and those were in comparison right. and one game's actually and real saying it might not be real though no, that's the only problem eh, we'll see as we learned from our book demos are different than games always demos always but that is still interesting games. to me but all in credit of naughty dog what's your next what's your next uh, Deadly Resident Evil, man. That was the first scary game I ever played. Resident Evil 2, technically. Resident Evil 2 came out in 1998, the same fucking time as all these other games. And that game was motherfucking terrifying, which is also why they're rebooting that shit. Not rebooting it, but remastering Resident Evil 2. And they're making it over and just getting it updated graphics. So be on the lookout. Actually, yeah, actually a couple soon? of these games are coming out. Yeah, so the Resident Evil 2 is coming out. Then another game on the list, Spyro the Dragon. Right, a, and the Spyro Trilogy, you're getting all of them, not just the them. first one. Yeah, but uh, this the first came out. Um, it also Dude, was Rainbow Six has been around for 20 years. 
Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, Metal Gear Solid has been around for 20 years. Oh, dude, yeah, sorry, I didn't even mention fucking Half-Life. Yeah. Half-Life has like, such a cult following that it's fucking unreal. That game wow. is transcendent. 20 uh, years ago, Jesus Christ. A little, a little game that helped launch uh, a company we mentioned on the book review last week, Baldur's Gate, which was translated in Polish by CD Projekt and ended up helping them go on to become the company behind The Witcher series in games, which is actually going to be a Netflix series as well, and the uh, upcoming Cyberpunk 2077. But regardless, uh, Tenchu, ninjas, 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 ninjas. I was talking about that as well when we saw the trailer for Ghost of Tsushima uh, and Gran Turismo. Sonic Adventure? Is that the first Sonic? No, no, no. Sonic Adventure's so we, we got this article, it's just listeners in case you're wondering. We got this article off of a, a Twitter thread and the we Twitter didn't thread get it. it's is, just off a tweet. Was, that's true, off of a uh, off a tweet in particular, but people but then called we, out we, Sonic we did out background research to just double check the release of these aims. And these are it's just the fact that Resident Evil Two Metal Gear Solid, Gran Turismo. I'm just going to go with the first games of the series to make it easier. Of series that launched 20 years ago today. And tell me if they sort of ring a bell. Ring any bells? Metal Gear Solid, Gran Turismo, Starcraft, Half-Life, Banjo-Kazooie, Spyro the Dragon, Pokemon Red Blue, Rainbow Six, Baldur's Gate, Tenchu. I want to say Ocarina of Time because that put the game on to a different level of standing. Um, because it was the first N64 game, so it was sort of widely accessible in that 3D sort of digital environment. But I could be wrong. Again, I'm not the... I'm not the... Zelda connoisseur because Wind Waker is the best <laughs> game of the, actually I'm gonna say Wind Waker is in my top five. I did mention that last week and I should have, but Wind Waker is in my top five. I love Wind yeah, Waker. It's too. my favorite I Zelda that game. by I far. I beat that twice. It's like the first game I beat yeah. twice. Yeah. Yo, um, we we didn't mention, which is also funny, Unreal came out in 1998, and that was made by none other than Epic Games. And if you don't know what Unreal is, it was an old school Dude, shooter. That was the same Unreal, year that Unreal Odd World came and out. All that stuff. And I remember Odd World, and it's a weird <gasps> yes! fucking god because oh that game used Sorry. to come with the PlayStation One as a as like a console copy thing. It is a weird Odd fucking World? game. Uh, Odd World, Abe's Exodus. Did you ever play Gex? Yeah. Gex, Enter the Gecko? Yeah, 100%. You had the Gecko that was crawling on things, and <laughs> the he was a size scroller, the and then you could go forward and backwards. Dude, that's actually true. 100% yeah. true. And then the forerunner to like some of our favorite games, like, uh, what was it? It very much reminded me of Sly Cooper. Yeah. Sly Cooper yeah, and all that Sly shit. Co- like, Sony, hit us up with that Sly Cooper remake now. Right? It's just, damn, oh, you know, 1998 God. was a hell of a year. It's popping. That's for sure. It was popping. It was. It was pop. And and uh, you know that's what it was actually a conversation we had touched on, which was whether the remasters would lead to Re- game developer becoming a bit stale with innovation in terms of stories and shit. So it's like, how many games are we gonna get like God of War that reinvent the series in, in that sense? versus how many games are we going to get that are just going to be direct remakes of ones that we grew up with as kids. Oh, right, right. So now there's, there's three of the games on this list have been, like, remade in the past year, you know? And so who's right. to say that now this is not, like, the dom- everything Everything usually comes down to dominoes. If something's successful, other companies will mimic. May- <laughs> there's no coincidence that Crash Bandicoot's success led directly to Spiral and a real intense version of it too it wasn't like oh let's Mm -hmm. let's half-ass polish it like it looks gorgeous you know and you know we actually have a little uh, a bet going on for a copy of spyro uh we can't we can't tell you we will tell you the terms of lilo and i's bet at the end of it after it's all said and done and the payment has been given by the winner to the loser <laughs> basically Lilo buying me a copy of Spyro and, uh, okay. and then we'll tell you okay. what, what the um, what that wait that's no fun yeah. just tell him the bet we can't yeah, tell him the bet now we can't oh, we because can't. it affects the bet to be told the terms of the bet 
That makes no sense. Yeah, it does. That, yeah, it does. that makes no sense. If the you, listeners, you, you, if, you if, lost if the concept that I cannot disclose the terms of a bet because that would affect the terms of the bet doesn't make sense, you let us know. And if you, like me, have common sense, then you say, yo, how do you deal with someone like Lilo? And I'll be like, my bad. I don't know. Sometimes you do what you got to do to do what you got to do. This is where I, hey, I hate you so hey, much. Hey. Why? Because there is no bet. There's no bet. There's a bet. See? The text you ignored last night were there. Oh, Ooh. okay. So maybe there was a bet. There I didn't was see a it. bet. I don't know. There's a one-sided bet that Solo has. Uh, oh, I reinforced solo, everything one-sided. Because my <laughs> word's a first. He's running Solo on this one. Let's go with that. My word is the first and final word. All right. Um, I think we should definitely uh, show everyone these this tweet so they can ch- check out the list themselves. I know you ran through some of them I mean, for everybody, but at a, the same time, I, I think that uh, it, that's a limited run of the actual uh, actual game that released in 1998. Just if you really care, type in "games released in 1998" in Google, and you will find that's a true. full list that's of true. what you need. Honorable mentions, though. Honorable mentions. Let us no, know how you yeah. feel. Uh, if you were alive then, it would be funny to know because that's important. Or maybe you weren't yet and um, you're just starting. You're just blossoming into a young human being and you're growing into the gaming scene. But we were definitely alive then and we, <laughs> we were definitely uh, important. Um, this was definitely important for our gaming livelihood. Yeah. Um, and it'll be curious to see what gamers who are You can almost guarantee that every single gamer who grows up Fortnite will be a version of a Pokemon Red vs. Blue was for our generation that everyone played it at some point or another. And that's pretty wild to me uh, as a concept. Yep. Yeah. But so, I guess without further ado, that's, that's kind of... Without further ado, we have nothing that's, left that's to us do. remembering it. Our job here is done. You have been informed of everything worth being informed of. Damn, I was going to say consider yourself days. informed. And consider yourself informed. Exactly, and, th- and that's our job. So it, that, I guess that, that's a basic premise of our show. So if you listen to this show every week, you will know everything important or relevant you need to know about the gaming industry. We're basically the economists of gaming, so take that to the bank. But <laughs> we're also pretty funny. Coin that phrase. Yeah. Economist of gaming. We're like the economist Boom. of gaming with swag. Swagoo. Count it. Swagoo. And, you know, you could just, just call the, just call the, we're just going to change the name of the podcast to A1 because we will, That's let them know what joke. we got. What we got. Oh my God. I'm not even going to say the it. South. We, we don't have the, the sauce. South. We, we don't, don't have even the have sauce. the sauce. We have the sauce. And if you don't know okay. the difference, then you just got the juice. And the juice, the juice expires. But the sauce, that's forever. And on that note... The sauce expires also. And on that you note... <laughs> if you don't know that video, which obviously Lilo's never seen a video, uh, um, because Lilo has the juice, not the sauce. Because sauce... Just, just, <laughs> just get it over with. Get it over with. Thank um, you for listening. We appreciate you. Yeah, um, it's been real. Yo, uh, my apologies. Be sure to reach out. For Lilo. And Lilo attacks feel sick, so send him some love. Um, he powered through it. You know, we took it. We took a, a day to just give him some energy because though we could have gone so low, you know, this is a... Everyone would have hated every, that. This is a squad. This is a squad, and I need to <laughs> show listeners how strongly informed my opinion is and you can't do that without the opposite to work context. with <laughs> you need context framework context, framework being kept on point 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 at people like games and before we go before we go one last thing one last thing unofficial product endorsement uniqlo i bought some jeans i guess that's that's unofficial we endorsing your shit and so I think you should hit us up. We'll tweet you guys out to, but like we told Ninja, we could we could help you get a little bit of a market. Trust us. We know how to build eventually. Hell yeah. But all right. Thank you for listening. And yeah, feel free to let us know your thoughts. We'll talk to you next week. Peace.